am Carl Carafel alongside the curator of topics, Mighty Joe, and joined by our amazing friend, JPJ. And this is Turnbuckle Talk. My goodness, people. Uh, oh, this hey, is. Oh. All right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, Joe, where are we? Uh, this is a big deal, man. This is our debut on Love Wrestling, bringing the video platform, sorry, the video version of our flagship show to Love Wrestling. Uh, it has been a long time coming. And it just so happens, guys, that we get to talk about probably one of the biggest shows to happen in the last 10 years, maybe longer. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be good. This yes, is going to be absolutely be. fantastic. I mean, I am so happy to be joined by two people that I 100% respect in this business of podcasting and video casting and just downright talking about our love of professional wrestling. I'm super happy and excited for this. For those of you that may be new to us, I'm Carl Carafel. I was a professional wrestler for... About 10 years, I got out of the business after my doctor kindly explained that I should, so I did. And then I got into talking about professional wrestling, and I've just continued on since then. That is me, Mighty Joe. Who are you? I am me. I am Mighty <laughs> Joe. Um, yeah, man, um, I have never gotten to step foot in the ring myself. Uh, not for lack of wanting to, just for a lack of... Uh, physical ability and talent in that respect. But, uh, you know, it's definitely come a long ways from where we first started with a little show uh, with me and Mr. Kyle Espen. She called the wrestling recap. Um, after Kyle's unfortunate passing, Carl took his spot and we renamed the show Termical Talk and we have been running ever since. Since 2015, we have been running six years, and it has been absolutely fantastic. If you guys are familiar with Love Wrestling and the content that's put out there, then you know who this person is. But JPJ, <laughs> give us a little rundown of who you are. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, I am JPJ. Uh, I've been with Love Wrestling since about February, March. Um, I've met you guys through there, obviously. Um I have a couple shows that I do weekly, one of them on Thursday nights that the lovely Mighty Joe produces behind the scenes for us called Between Two Beards with our boy Pluggo. Um, and then I also have an NXT and AEW review show, kind of going through a little bit of a remake now. So there'll be some news as if you're on Love Wrestling or if you're here for Love Wrestling for the first time, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, and you'll see some announcements and things changing. But yeah, I am... I have been all about AEW since, since since its inception, and I've been touting AEW in the Slack. I'm sure I have annoyed people with how excited <laughs> I get about AEW, and I was super excited about last night, and I feel like, yeah, it exceeded, and I think everyone's excited now. I think everyone's on board and excited now, and it's like, okay. I feel I, – I said a tweet earlier today that – it's the first time in a long time that I feel like legitimate optimism about being a wrestling fan. And yeah, man, last night was special. I think last night was like truly, truly special. So I'm excited to be on here with you guys talking about it. As you guys can see down in the ticker below turnbuckle talk episode 235 all out has us all in. And right now, that's exactly what we're going to do. We are going to go all in and talk about this 
card itself. LoveWrestling.ca putting out there for us. Welcome, friends, to the debut of Turnbuckle Talk. Really appreciate that. Thank you so, so much. This is just the inaugural episode, and hopefully you guys will absolutely love this as we love everything at LoveWrestling.ca. And you'll stick around, and this is going to be fantastic. We're going to start off with this pre-show matchup. Um, something that I know Mighty Joe usually is not a fan of because it involves a number of different people. We're talking a 10-man tag team matchup. We had the best friends uh, with Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler Yuta, and the Jurassic Express being Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Going up against the Hardy family office being Matt Hardy, Private Party, and the Hybrid 2. So, uh, ab- absolutely fantastic. Absolutely crazy. I've seen clips. I've not watched this entire matchup itself, but I've seen clips of this. And I'm definitely going to find it so that I can see it. So, with that being said, because I can't speak to it, I'm going to throw this over first to Mighty Joe. And let Mighty Joe explain to you why he was actually excited for a larger style matchup. Going into this, what <clears throat> excuse me got me interested, genuinely excited, of course, was CM Punk showing up on Rampage. I'm like, okay, okay cool. You know, this is <clears throat> a monumental shift here. And then I made the, the decision for the first time in over 20 years to actually buy a, a pay-per-view. It has been a long time since I bought a quote-unquote pay-per-view. Uh, I'm leaving out the WWE Network and that stuff because that's all lumped into that. Bought the actual pay-per-view. So as the episode states, I was all in on this show. And that did include watching the pre-show. And I am not a tag team wrestling fan per se. But this was the perfect pre-show match. We had lots of people involved and it it was an appetizer for the, for the main show and it even included one of the most over groups in the company, Jurassic Express, <laughs> Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, that music and just getting yeah. everybody involved. It just and it, it encourages that. It, it, it's it was a perfect pre-show match. That's all I can say. Uh, it, it's they had you could just tell, like just looking at the, the talent working the match, they were out there having fun, and the audience was along for the ride because they were having fun too. JPJ, yeah, and I actually think um, the audience plays a factor into AEW a lot because you can tell from the jump they are there to have a good time. They're not there to take over the show. They're not there to make it about themselves. And they are there to enjoy this moment of them being there. And luckily enough, Tony Khan and the bookers of the show give them a product so far in the three years that you can do that. You know, you run into a lot of wrestling crowds at big events where if there's something that's boring or something that isn't feeding to them, they'll start just chanting whatever and like trying to hijack the show. You don't really get that with AEW. And I think like like Mighty Joe just said, for the pre-show – to have a full arena, that that arena was full when that pre-show match started. And that crowd was singing the songs. They were doing the chants. They were in it as if it was the middle of the show. And you get that a lot from the AEW crowd. And I think that ties into just the excitement of everything that goes along with it, too. So um, I agree with Joe. I thought, you know, it wasn't – it was a fast pace. Everyone get their crap in 
uh, high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot match. You had the super over, like he said, the Jurassic Express. Orange Cassidy is super over. Yeah. So you had those guys. You have Matt Hardy there, who is obviously respected Hall of Fame wrestler. Um, and then even after the match, you know, the, the good guys win. You get to sing the song again and like that. And then you get a big return from the butcher, uh, and he kind of takes out everybody. And he's been off for like six or seven months. He had a bad injury. So he comes back. They kind of give him some shine. Even on the pre-show, his return was treated very respectfully. He takes everybody out. Hardy family office stands tall. They even incorporated good story work and good storylines in the opening show, the opening match. And they've treated those buy-ins on all of these like they are an extension of the show. It doesn't feel like a pre-show. You know, yeah, you're getting the recaps and the and the vignettes for the matches you're going to see, but they treat it like it's just an extension of the show. And as a fan, it I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and even before the the pre-show ending, that you know them bringing out Jr. and whatnot, yes, you know, him getting his own kind of separate entrance. Because I mean, dude, if if there's somebody in the commentary world that has earned a his own entrance for a show it's freaking jr right so that, that's what was cool to see him coming out to the the oklahoma uh music uh i always pop pretty large for that because uh it's jr man yeah it is jr legend go go boomer sooners yeah <laughs> absolutely amazing so that was the pre-show matchup that one went nine minutes and 25 seconds long so again not a very long match but as jpj said they were able to get in get everything done hit their spots and shine like they absolutely needed to. It was absolutely fantastic. So we've got a uh, bunch of studs doing studly things. Plug hey, plug so much. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> going to move on now to our second match. This one here, talking about another stud in the world of professional wrestling. We're talking Miro. Oh, yeah. That man there. Envy of every guy. Envy of every guy. He was taking on Eddie Kingston in a singles match for the AEW TNT Championship. We're not going to disclose who won just yet because, well, if you haven't seen the show, you're going to be spoiled anyways because we're going to tell you at the end of our discussion. But I absolutely loved this matchup. I loved how Eddie Kingston was able to actually take Miro to the absolute limits of what Miro can do and in no way shape or form as I have seen other people talk about online this did not hurt Miro or Eddie Kingston in any way at all in fact I think that this has actually elevated both of them to a little bit of a higher standard and ranking in the world of professional wrestling JPJ I throw it over to you give me your thoughts on this matchup yeah i mean i was stoked when this was the top three match going into it that i was looking forward to i love both these guys and uh i was afraid that there was a chance this might have been one of those matches in the middle of the card that would be good but might get lost in the shuffle a little bit because the card was so strong um but the fact that when you saw that it was opening, I was like, oh, yeah, all right, like, let's go. Like, this is – you knew they were going to beat the absolute piss out of each other. You knew Eddie Kingston wasn't going to die. It was going to take everything Miro had to beat him. You know vice versa because Miro is 
at the apex of everything that we have known about Miro, Rusev, whatever you want to, you know, he is at his, his height, his top yeah. as like, you know, he's everything that we knew he could be and better right now. And, um, this was a banger, man. This was, you know, I, I you'll have the runtime. I'm assuming it was 15. I mean, it was around that, but it was from the jump chops beating the crap. Miro's chest was like oh. black because of the chop. Like yeah. it was like, <laughs> you know, and like, and like you said, I was glad that they were, they were Eddie Kingston got offense in. There was times where it looked like he might even get the best of Miro. We haven't seen that. I think they said when Miro was coming down the aisle that like the longest match he's had in AEW was like seven minutes long. Yes. So like it was good to see him in a longer match. It was good to see him kind of, get some and like, you know, be on the verge of maybe losing. And I feel like Kingston is that guy. Like the crowd just adores him for obvious reasons. He's awesome, (laughs) but the crowd just adores him. I thought it was a fun, perfect opener. And yeah, I mean, we'll talk about who wins a little bit later, but like, I thought it was a perfect opener, especially when you see how the rest of the show played out. Perfect opener for that. I was fun as hell, fun as hell. just before you go there, Mighty Joe, I will let everybody know 13 minutes and 22 seconds is how long bell to bell that match up was. Mighty Joe, what are your feelings on Miro versus Eddie Kingston? Very much like what JPG said. I think that they picked the right match to actually open the show. You know, unlike WWE, you know, they didn't bookend with like main event matches. Um, I, I like it. It's 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 a great match, but it's not like one of the your like top two matches. They started with one to take to get the the crowd hot, but uh, so I, I really like that choice. Uh, for me, the biggest takeaway from the match though is you, you really got to see Eddie Kingston wrestle, right? He showed that he's not just like one of these kind of hardcore guys only and can only do that kind of stuff. He can wrestle with the best of them. Like he actually has like a background, uh, and he actually. <laughs> Like he models himself after a lot of Japanese wrestlers, so yeah. that, that 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 was my the biggest thing that I loved is that you got to see Eddie actually wrestle, and man, he like you said, he took it to uh, to mm-hmm. Miro, man, and um, <laughs> it, it's I, I was literally I didn't know who was going to win that match. I, you know, both guys had me believing that either of them could wrap this up at any moment, and they, it was very very competitive, and um, yeah, just again, I think the the perfect match open up the main card with the winner of this matchup ended up being Miro who successfully defended that TNT championship still undefeated absolutely amazing uh, just as JPJ said this is Miro at what Miro definitely can be mm-hmm. um, and I think given a little bit of time we might actually be able to see Miro with that AEW championship oh, yeah, over sure. his shoulder yeah. mm-hmm. and not just the TNT championship. Fantastic. We're going to move on to another matchup that seemed to have just kind of been not necessarily thrown together, but a last minute matchup that people were not really expecting, but got anyways. I will tell you that I was 100% enthralled and very happy with this matchup. We are looking at Satoshi Kojima taking on John Moxley in just a regular old singles matchup. This one here, 11 minutes and 50 seconds, which was absolutely perfect. A great time 
for these two competitors to go one on one with each other. For those of you that don't know the name Kojima, Google. Use Google and look up Kojima. Kojima, one of the greatest to come out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, to come out of Japan. End of story. And to go up against John Moxley. Amazing story that didn't even need to be told before this matchup, but was definitely told inside of that ring. Mighty Joe, you're itching, and I know you are because I know how much you love New Japan Pro Wrestling. Talk to me. Talk to me, my friend, about this matchup. Well, you know, some of the storylines and some of the emotional emotional investment has been a little bit of a letdown uh, currently with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But what, what isn't a letdown uh, is like the legit talent that they have over there. And Mr. Kojima, um, don't be fooled by his age because, I mean, he is somebody with a, the wealth of experience, you know, 30 plus years in the professional wrestling business. But as I s- said before on this show, that those guys over in Japan, they take very good care of themselves physically and, and keep training and all that kind of stuff. And man, to, to be able to hang there with, with Moxley, like blow for blow, move for move, very, 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 very impressive. Um, yeah, the, the, this for, for me, this was a, a match that I hope people didn't sleep on because, you know, that this is actually one of the better matches on the show. Like, I'm actually probably going to go back and watch this whole show again tonight and this is one that uh, i want to study a little bit closer because yeah man the, these middle-aged japanese guys can really really go and kojima is definitely one of those guys um, and very versatile different styles um yeah i want to see i'm hoping that he'll do a little bit more uh while he's over here in north america for a little bit before he heads back over because there's some other really interesting matchups that he could have Definitely there is. Before we get to you, JPJ, we do have to mention this and we pull it pull it up onto the screen right now. Classic Match Classroom says, hey, hey, glad to be your thank you so much. You've heard it here first. The 800th subscriber on YouTube. All Out was an amazing show. Definitely one of the best of the last 20 years. That is definitely saying a whole hell of a lot. And I think I speak for all three of us right now when we say we agree. Yep. Mm -hmm. JPJ, give me your thoughts on Kojima and Moxley. Yeah. um, I, I watch new Japan, but not in, not intently or like an avid follower, like mighty Joe. So like he was touting Kojima to me and others leading into it. Like, Hey, this is like, if you don't know much about him, like you're in for a treat, this is going to be good. (laughs) And it lived up to what mighty Joe was billing him as. I definitely knew who he was. I've seen him before. Obviously he's been, he's 51. I think they said he is 51. Uh, he did not look like a 51 year old in that ring for sure. Uh, I would argue that Moxley is a top five, maybe even top three wrestler in the world right now. And he held his own with Moxley in there that whole time. You had the typical, you know, strong style forearm, you know, that that you see a lot in New Japan matches. They had that. They did that a few times. And, you know, Moxley loves that. He loves that type of wrestling. He will do. He's a, you know, the night before all in, he won the GCW heavyweight championship and stood across from Nick Gage. You know, a death match. <laughs> right? Like he is that yeah. type of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. For Kojima to be in there with a guy at the top of his game like that, and to it was a hell of a match. It was a really, really good match. I 
going into it, I knew it would be solid, but this was one of the matches that you kind of looked at, looked at on the surface and you might've been like, all right, this is going to be one of the dips. This will be one of the dips of the night. Oh, no. It was not. Oh, no. It was not. And obviously we'll get into it. What happened afterwards definitely wasn't a dip uh, at all. But um, yeah, dude, I was very impressed. I, I, I should have known better with it being a Moxley match involved because everything he does is kind of gold. But um, it was really good. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this match. After this matchup, we were able to actually see a little bit of niceness between the two competitors that were in there, which was very respectful to see. And I absolutely loved that. I'm not even going to talk about what happened after the matchup because Mighty Joe is going to talk about that. You can see him there with his fingers uh, twitching. Go ahead, Joe. What happened after this matchup? I'm here like doing my Mr. Burns, like, excellent, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, of course, no mistake in here, I am a big New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, and they managed to bring over one of the biggest names, one of the most intimidating people in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They got Minoru freaking Suzuki, Murder Grandpa, um, Murder appearing Grandpa. in the ring with Moxie and just trading blows and, and the best part of it was, was like him showing up really absolutely fantastic he had his actual new japan pro wrestling we even saw the big logo there coming out they then proceeded to beat the living piss out of each other and were laughing and smiling the entire time <laughs> yeah that it was amazing. did my it was amazing. pro wrestling loving fan heart some good. That one of my favorite things in the world of professional wrestling is to watch Minoru Suzuki and an opponent beat each other up, and that's what we got. And I want to see more Minoru Suzuki against whoever in um, Oli Wrestling. Or well, lucky, lucky enough, we get to see him versus Moxley for free yes. Yes. on Dynamite yes. Wednesday, which is going to be yes. insane yes. in Cincinnati. Moxley's home. That is insane that that is going to be for oh. free. That <laughs> is insane. So good. So good. Oh. AEW Dynamite coming up this Wednesday is going to be a banger in itself. So much great stuff. They've only really only announced two matchups that are going to happen, but still... People are buzzing and excited for it, and it is absolutely fantastic. We have talked before about that door being opened up. Wide open. That forbidden door <laughs> is yeah. open, oh, and yeah. it is running rampant. People are coming in and out of it with ease. It is beautiful. I'm going to move on to another matchup that, um, personally, not maybe my match of the week, but... Still, one of my favorite matches from the night here. This matchup went 11 minutes and 34 seconds. A singles matchup for the AEW Women's World Championship. We are talking Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Jamie Hayter and Rebel taking on Chris Statlander, who had Orange Cassidy at ringside as well. So much happening and so much going on inside of this matchup, whether it was inside of the ring, whether it was outside of the ring, whether it was 
between the people on the outside of the ring that came down for support, whatever it was, this matchup told a story to me that I absolutely loved. And one of my favorite things from that entire matchup, and it's going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but one of my favorite things from this matchup was Chris Statlander <laughs> using Britt Baker's arm and finger to boop Britt Baker. <laughs> Absolutely freaking genius. I loved it. This matchup itself, as I said, amazing. One of my favorite matches of yep. the actual night. We're going to throw this down to you, JPJ. I want to know your thoughts because you seem excited about this as I'm talking about it. I want your excitement now to come through to these viewers. Tell us what you thought about this match. I loved this match. I thought this match was fantastic. I, and like you said, I loved everything that came with it. I I mean, a lot of us are big Britt Baker marks, big, big Britt Baker fans. And I would, I would argue that her title reign so far heading into this show had been a little underwhelming. And I was kind of looking at this match as like, hopefully this is the match that starts to kind of catapult into that amazing title reign that we were all itching for once she won the title. And I think it did that. I thought Statlander was awesome in this match. She showed off her power. That superplex that she did where she almost kind of lost her but then powered through was amazing. Yeah, I thought Britt hitting the Panama Sunrise, which they called the Pittsburgh Sunrise, was amazing. It was kind of you know a call to her, to her man, Adam Cole. Um, I thought the part on the outside where Statlander was there and we saw Orange Cassidy start like yelling and getting really, and we've never seen him do that ever. No. And I thought that that was amazing as well. Like just him, like when it was at the eight count, like screaming, get in there. Like, you know, I, everything that happened with this match, it was hard hitting. I thought Statlander looked the best she's ever looked. In my opinion, I think Britt Baker looked like the Britt Baker that we fell in love with. Before she became the champion, I thought she, you know, and yeah, man, I heading, you know, as the event goes, this was an early contender for me for match of the night for a while. Like this was yes. very good. <laughs> very, very good. I loved it. Definitely for me as well. You mentioned Orange Cassidy on the outside of that ring. I absolutely loved seeing that the hands came out of the pockets. The sunglasses came off of the face. Oh my goodness. It was amazing to see before we move to our next person here i we need to put this up here matt Hendricks. thank you so much for stopping by for those of you that don't know we absolutely love this interaction with everyone that watches and listens so please continue to do so aew all out is my favorite show of the year it topped wrestle kingdom 15 for me which is or which i didn't think was going to happen you're not alone in that, Matt. I do want to say that there are lots of people, and I've seen a lot on social media, people saying that this has been their favorite pay-per-view, their favorite show, the favorite okay. thing that they have watched in a very long time. You are not alone in that because we kind of even agree with that as well. Mighty Joe, I turn this over to you because I want to know your thoughts and your feelings on Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match as well. Um, you know, early on, I mean, I was probably one of Britt Baker's harshest critics because I thought I, I felt at the beginning that you know, wrestling wise, she was really rough around the edges, and then the promo skills at the beginning were were frankly quite awful. But 
she's put in the work and she's put in the, the time and you know the the results have been absolutely fantastic. I will say that my opinion will differ slightly. Uh, well, actually, very much so on this. Um, again, I. I, I I second everything that you guys said. Absolutely fantastic match. Loved all the spots. I personally, uh, if I would have been running the show, I think this would have been the spot to put the title on Statlander. Um, I think that she looked really, really strong on there. But again, I can't fault it because, I mean, it, it played out fantastically. So I'm not disappointed by any means. But I think I may have gone the other way. But... It is what it is. I'm not running the show. I was just sitting back watching and enjoying it. So, um, but uh, th- that's my only critique is that I think I might have switched the titles up. But needless to say, uh, it didn't happen that way. But I do hope that eventually uh, she does become a champion because she is that damn good and uh, she's over with the audience and uh, it's it's a unique gimmick. It, it's she's got a lot of good stuff going for her. She is going to be a future champion. JBJ, you got, yeah, perfect. I think 100% she's going to be a future champion. I just, uh, I don't see Britt losing that title for a while. Like, I I just think they have, she's one of the most over people in the company. She's easily the most over female in the company. Um, Yeah, I I don't see her losing it. Yeah, and I, yeah, I would agree. I mean, she's obviously going to lose it. She's not going to hold it forever, but I expect her to hold it for quite a while. Um, and there's a very few people that I would think would have a chance to take it from her. Um, and we can get into that when we talk about the battle Royal and whatever, whenever you guys want to, but yeah, I, I agree. Statlander is without question. One of the top females in that division. She is a future champion, probably multi-time champion. Um, I just, right now, I think it's Britt Baker's world and, uh, we're all living in it. And I think that's how it's going to be for a little bit. Matt again popping up in here saying Brit shouldn't be losing the title anytime soon. I'm going to put up this next comment from Matt and I want your guys' thought on this here unless it's to Thunder Rosa. JPJ, take that one first for me. Yeah, I mean, she's one of the ones. I would say she's the top. You know, I think ever since that first the lights out match happened, that people want the rematch and the Brit has the title. I think that's where you eventually go. I think that's the next big major feud for Britt Baker is leading to that rematch with Thunder Rosa. It's the match that everybody wants. I could see Thunder Rosa cause she is amazing as well. Uh, getting the best of Brit and winning the title. I think she's probably the main one I would think would have the best chance of beating Brit. But I, I think that's the next Big, big match and big, big feud that Brett will have is kind of rekindling that because that first match was special, special match. Mighty Joe. For, for myself, I'll keep this one pretty simple. Uh, I, I know a lot of people pitch uh, out there that Deanna Perrazzo is the best women's wrestler out there. And I agree that she is very, very good. For, for myself, though, the best women's professional wrestler walking the planet right now is Thunder Rosa. And it is, it's an inevitability that she is going to be that AEW Women's Championship sooner than later. Mark my words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Agree again, Matt. A lot of people thought that it was going to be Britt versus Rosa at All Out. Yeah, a lot of people did. Uh, unfortunately, we did not get that, but uh, we did get some good stuff that we will talk about momentarily after we talk about this next matchup. Again, 
Um, a tag team match, an absolute oh. banger of a matchup. This was even done inside of a steel cage. This was for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Actually, we have to mention that Dr. Britt Baker, if you haven't already clued in, did keep her championship against Chris Statlander. Um, this next matchup, though, the Lucha Brothers taking on the Young Bucks in a matchup that went 22 minutes and five seconds inside of the ever-loving, unforgiving steel cage. Mighty Joe, you take this one first for me, please. So I'm going to make a very, very bold statement. Uh, as I stated several times now, I am not a big tag team wrestling guy whatsoever, mm -hmm. right? This tag team match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, this is a very, very bold statement I'm going to make. This is the best tag team wrestling match that I have ever seen. All stop. These guys, all four Amazing. of these guys, I have recently been a very harsh critic of the Young Bucks, and rightfully so with some of the some of the stuff. But all yeah. four of these guys came to the plate here uh, last night, and they put on. And they did some stuff that I've never seen before. And some of the, the combined spots and everything that they were doing, of like knocking one down and then going over there, they, they did so much creative stuff in that match. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was so impressed with, with what all four of those guys did. Regardless of the outcome, I wasn't going to be disappointed. But, I mean, the single best tag team wrestling match that Mighty Joe has ever seen happened last night at All Out. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree. I, man, first of all, the Lucha Brothers entrance was awesome. Yeah. I loved that entrance uh, before all that. Um, and I, you know. Yes. Man. To answer I, Matt's question in the chat. Yes, yeah, this was better than that. I think it was right up. Yeah, it's definitely right up there. I thought I thought that match with Page and Omega versus the Bucks at the time, I was like, man, that was one of the better, if not the best tag team matches I've ever seen. And then this one last night, I was like, I think it's I'll go on record and I go, you know, it just happened. So like we're fresh in it. I get it. Yeah. Yep. I is it the best cage match of all time, too? Could like be, what do we like? It was so, so good. There were to me, it was like two different matches. Because they had the whole thing, and then the Young Bucks started cheating and doing their stuff, and it looked like it was just going to be over, and the crowd was, like, booing and, like, this, did, you know, damn it. And then all of a sudden, Ray Phoenix does that really close two count, like, kick out, and then there was just another 10 minutes of amazingness, and it was just turned into, like, a completely different match, and it was like, oh. All right, and then they were close. You know, you'd think the match would be over four or five times, and it just wasn't, yeah. and it was like – but it didn't feel like it was going on too long. It was just like this is – I don't want this to end. I don't want yeah. this to end. It, it was one of those and, ones where like these types of matchups, especially these these big tag team matches, I'm usually kind of sitting there and just kind of overanalyzing, especially when it comes to, to the WWE stuff. But with this one, like I was just like – I was on the edge of my seat, mm -hmm. like just like – like watching what was kind of going on and not like over analyzing or thinking about it. I was just like in that moment watching that match. Yeah, man, just say, I, I, I don't think I have a bad thing to say about the, about this matchup. It, wow. It's, it's, it's the best tag team match I've ever seen. It's, uh, and it might seem, seem like I'm overstating that, but I genuinely feel that way. Yeah, was, For me, that spot where the four of them were inside of the ring in the center of the ring and they were trading blows and super fantastic. kicks back and yeah, forth. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. 
amazing. Stuff like that can be so overdone yeah. and look so terrible at times, but these guys made it look fantastic. I was absolutely floored and blown away by it. Uh, Matt, something that I kind of agree with uh, with you here. Yep, yeah. Owen versus Brett. That holds the mantle for best cage match mm -hmm. of all time for me yeah, still, too. It definitely yeah. does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is before we move on. I want to say from yeah. the start of the main show through this match, this hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes that we got here. Yep. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Yet. It was just like banger, banger, banger. One of the best matches of all time. And it was just like, okay. And it just wasn't stopped. And it was like, okay, they are on hitting all cylinders right now. And even like, and that doesn't discount the second half of the show. Cause it was still amazing, but <laughs> yes. specifically like this hour and a half to start the show was like all time stretch for me. It's an all time show for me. We'll yeah. get, you know, but all time, all time. I was like, Holy moly. Like, is this ever going to slow down? I had a friend over and I was like, Oh, is this just going to be the whole four hours? We're just going to be like, Holy crap. Like, you know, like what, like, is it going to slow down here? Yep. And it was just, man, the whole amazing. Oh, so, so good. And the great thing about that an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, whatever it was from the beginning until that point didn't even feel like that. It felt like it was only an hour long that we were in to this time constraints do cause a factor for some things but not for us here no. on turnbuckle talk and love wrestling but we we kind of have come to that midpoint of the pay-per-view and i think that this is a really good time for us to take just a quick commercial break for all of our new listeners and viewers of the show for you guys to kind of know a little bit about what we have done and where we have come from and uh one of the sponsors that we have an amazing crew over at collar and elbow brand we're gonna let you guys know a little bit about collar and elbow brand right now wrestling a love and a passion we all share I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. I am Carl Carafel alongside Mighty Joe and JPJ, a wonderful returning guest. And this 
is Turnbuckle Talk. Welcome back from that brief commercial break, everybody. But we want to make sure that all of you know about CollarAndElbowBrand.com, founded by Al Snow. Yes, that guy from the 90s that was running around with a mannequin's head that said help on it. Yeah, that same guy has been going out and doing CollarAndElbowBrand.com. We are the first sponsored podcast from color and elbow brand and we are very happy and proud to say that and we have a promo code if you take a look in the ticker down below you can use the promo code jk podcast for joe carl podcast jk podcast and you're going to get yourself 10 percent off your entire order whether that's new or clearanced merchandise every time that you make a purchase from them a little bit of that does come back to us to help us continue to bring you turnbuckle talk so thank you to everyone who has gone and purchased and thank you to everyone who will because you will not be disappointed with the merchandise when you get it moving on in this pay-per-view absolutely killer of a pay-per-view we're coming up to the casino battle royale for the women. There was only the the women's. There wasn't one for the men. But this here is to crown a new number one contender. Essentially, um, the winner of this will be given a title shot pretty much whenever they want to take that title shot. I'm going to super quickly just run through all the participants except for the Joker card. So essentially to give you an idea of how this works, for those of you that are not familiar with it, there are four suits when it comes to playing cards. So you got the clubs, the diamonds, the hearts, and the spades. So what they've done is they have taken five competitors and put them into the clubs, five competitors into diamonds, so on and so on. At the beginning of the matchup, five competitors start out. Every three minutes, another suit is pulled, and those five competitors come in until we come down to one person. But they always include that Joker card because Jokers are wild, and they trump all. So here we go. Starting out the night, we had Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, Emi Sakura, The Bunny, and Abaddon. Next after that, that they were the clubs, sorry. Next after that came the Diamonds, which saw Anna Jay, Kiera Hogan, Kylan King, Diamante, and Nyla Rose. Next out were the Hearts, which were Thunder Rosa, Penelope Ford, Riho, Jamie Hayter, and Big Swole. Ending out with the Spades, Ty Conte, one of my personal favorites mm -hmm. right now, Red Velvet, Layla Hirsch, Jade Cardhill, and Rebel if anybody ever were to say that there is not a good roster of women in AEW, please give your head a shake, bang it off of a brick wall. I don't care what you have to do. Get that thought out of your head because right there are 20 women and that's not even all of the women that are in AEW. This was absolutely fantastic. I loved watching this. It felt like home because growing up we would watch the royal rumble with mm -hmm. the conglomerate with the wwe and that was an absolute favorite thing and i know for mighty joe it's one of his favorite yeah. gimmick style matches and pay-per-views so to see something like this with a little bit of a different twist but still having to go over that top rope both feet touching the floor 
absolutely insane. Mighty Joe, you are the big fan of the Royal Rumble, so please, you take this one away. Give me your thoughts on this. What I really want to touch on is what you uh, guys had hinted at. People saying that that this is a bad women's division. Uh, I will just say that anybody who says that, you're wrong. I'll flat out, you're wrong. Um, yep. <laughs> what this roster has is one word, versatility, right? Let's go through uh, th- that list, right? You have you, know, the, you have the Japanese talent in uh, Sakura and Shida. You have like the homegrown kind of talents like the Kylan Kings and the Anna Jays and whatnot. Then you have... You have the Thunder Roses, and you have the Penelope Fords, uh, the ones that are kind of like the eye candy, and then you have like Jay Cargill, like the powerhouses, and uh, you just you you have you have such a mix, uh, like uh, Ty Conti, more of like an MMA kind of style uh, wrestler. You just you you have that whole gambit uh, of of styles, and uh, like every, it's like everybody gets like a chance to uh, to showcase at some point. It's not just focusing on the same kind of handful of talent. Wink, wink. Uh, I don't know who that is entailing but uh, I'm going to leave that alone but uh, but yeah they they're just, they 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 give the women a chance to to, to shine and um yeah it, it's 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 definitely fantastic and that wasn't even all that there was that this match had to give us it no. definitely was <laughs> not i do have to have to regress just a little bit here and let everybody know uh we talked about that steel cage match and how amazing it was and we completely forgot to mention that the lucha brothers came out on top yes. of that matchup yes. and won <laughs> yes. the aew yeah. tag team championships from yes. the young bucks which is yeah. huge yeah. i'm sorry yeah. about that that's my bad my bad my bad well deserved too well deserved oh, definitely it was well well deserved ray phoenix is i mean pent is great too but ray phoenix is special He's something else okay something else now how special to you jpj was this casino battle royale i thought it was really good there were some you know i i like the and they've been doing this for a little bit they've had like three or four of these since they've yep. you know but the spin on it it's a way to make a match that we've seen hundreds of times feel new you know, and I think with the cards and the five at once and the, like, it's just a very clever way to add a new little wrinkle to a match that all of us have seen battle Royals and Royal Rumbles our whole lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I, I like how they present it. Like they have the, they have the casino battle Royal for the men at double or nothing in May. And then they have the ladies one at all out. Like, I like how they do that. Um, and I thought it was good. I thought there were like, I thought, you know, it's a battle Royal. So things are going to happen, but I like some of the storylines that came out of it. Uh, You know, I like how they kind of tease that Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose might have a little bit of an issue coming up because that is two big women that are going to (laughs) beat the crap out of each other that I am all for. Um, There were a couple puzzling things that, you know, Rio, Rio, who was like the first champion she was in there real short real short time i thought sheeta was in there really short i would have liked to seen big swole get a little bit of a more of a push because i think she's someone that is really good that they really haven't dived into yet and to harp on what you guys both said i think the main concerns of people that complain about the women's side of things i don't think it's more towards the roster i think it's on the main two shows, because on Dark and Elevation, there's tons of women's matches. But on Rampage so far and on Dynamite, which is going on three years now, they don't get a lot of time. I think it's more the frustration when it comes to the female part of AEW is not so much on the actual performers. It's on, hey, can we have more than a five-minute match at 930 every week? Yeah. You know what I mean? I uh, and I think that this pay-per-view, when it comes to All Out, 
you had the showcase in the Battle Royal, and you had one of the best matches of the night in the AEW women's division. So I feel like this gave hope. And obviously, when we talk about who the Joker was and what happened, that's a big get. It gives hope that moving forward, maybe we are going to see a little bit more time because I think that's where the frustrations come from, not really the talent of the roster, if that makes sense. You sure. know. And before we get to, to the, who the Joker was, and I want to elaborate more on what JPJ was saying, because one thing that, that yeah. AEW does do very, very well is that if something kind of isn't working, big picture thing, they yeah, will really. change it up, right? So mm-hmm. what I could see with this company doing with, with people being pretty vocal, the women not getting the time, I, I could see the women getting their own show yeah, with AEW. 100%. Right, so and I think that that would help uh, alleviate some of this issue because it's something that we've been kind of a lot of us pitching for on the WWE side of things. I could theoretically see AEW do that. I would be all for it uh, to get the mm-hmm. women their own show uh, to really, really shine and ever be the focus on them. Right, so yeah. If AEW were to do an all women's show all the time, the Joker card, I do believe, would definitely be that locker room leader. Yeah. We saw. Ruby Soho, formerly Ruby Riot of the Riot Squad within the WWE, make her way as the Joker into that battle royale. And essentially, I'll give it to you, this matchup went 22 minutes with Ruby Soho going over, getting Mm -hmm. that win by eliminating Thunder Rosa. And that, that to me says a lot, too. Uh, that it was them two at the end and she got the best of Thunder Rosa because that title's going to Thunder Rosa at some point, obviously. Thunder Rosa is one of the best female, not even female, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Um, And the fact that, you know, Ruby and her were the last two and everyone wants that Thunder Rosa-Britt Baker match. We heard it earlier in the chat. Everybody wants it, you know? Um, And the fact that they were like, no, this is your time, Ruby. And I think it says... Everything you need to know about Ruby Soho is when you went on Twitter after she won, there were wrestlers from WWE. All of them were so happy for her. And they were saying the kindest and most great things about her and how happy they were for her. And I think that tells you everything you need to know about her as a person. Um, I love that she has the Ruby Soho rancid song. I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. It was a win-win for me. I think leading into it, I think a lot, it was kind of obvious. I thought like everyone was like, it has to be Ruby, right? It has to be Ruby. She had those great vignettes. She was producing on her own. And yeah, this was another match on the card that I thought went perfectly and ended the way that it should have gone. And everyone's happy. Everyone's still staying happy, you know? Yeah. Joe, you got anything else to add to that? I, I think that the, the real statement with this match was, uh, I mean, this is a direct, usually I'm against direct shots at WWE, but this was, okay, you know, you guys didn't want to push this girl who earned and deserved it. We're doing that here. It, it, it's a direct shot. And like I said, normally I'm against that, but I am all for it. Like with all the momentum of this going on right now, th- this was awesome. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really, really curious to see what, uh, Keep that ball rolling because we're, we're doing good. I was very happy with everything up until that point. I will admit I was hoping that it was Thunder Rosa that was going over in this because does she, she, she has earned it. 
Mm-hmm. When people say you deserve it, uh, maybe not. But she has earned that spot. And coming out of this now, I just hope that maybe we can see a little bit of a great program between Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho going forward and even including Britt Baker in there and having some amazing matchups. I'm really looking forward to all of that. That was the Casino Battle Royale. We move on next to a matchup that has consequences of dire situations. A singles match. If Chris Jericho loses this matchup against MJF, he would retire from in-ring competition. Chris Jericho, MJF. I will say that this matchup, for it being a quote-unquote rubber matchup, was done and told so well inside of that ring. I loved it. Uh, There were certain little spots where we were kind of like, oh, no, and then we were kind of like, oh, yes. (laughs) Absolutely all of it worked for me, and I am so happy with what the outcome was here. JPJ, what'd you think? Uh, First of all, I loved the troll job by MJF on the engines. They had the countdown, and everyone's like, oh, man, this might be Jericho's last match. He's doing a callback to the old stuff. He's going to – I was I was saying, oh, he should be wearing the jacket. I want him wearing the jacket. That's that. what I yep. want. Yep. And then it was just like, mm, you know. <laughs> and MJF is so good. He is so good for how – he's 25. Yeah. And right. he is as good a heel as I think we've seen in a long time. And he plays the character to a T. He never turns it off. Never turns it off. Social media, any of it. I've witnessed it firsthand at All In <laughs> two or three years ago. I've witnessed it. Like, he is that guy all the time. And um, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought the storytelling of the match was really good. Um, you know, you knew going into it with Jericho at his advanced age, this wasn't going to be a work rate type match. Jericho can still go. Trust yeah. me. He's still great in there. But, you know, you know, it is what it is. I loved I loved how they played off MJF's back being kind of jacked up the whole match. It led into when we got towards the end of the match. And I don't want to spoil the thing, but um, I kind of disagree with you, Carl, a little bit. Um, okay. I didn't dislike the ending. It made sense. But I would have gone the other way. I would have gone the other way. And I'll explain okay. when we get there. But sure. other than that, what my, only ca- my only thing wh- was – I think because we really saw this match a little while ago on Dynamite a few weeks ago, I would have had that fifth labor not have been MJF. I would have had it been one last hurdle, and then this was the match against MJF. And it was like, okay, I've been waiting for Jericho to beat the the piss out of this guy (laughs) for a while. But I feel like because we already had the match a few weeks ago, while this match was still really good and told a great story, it was something we had already seen. You know what I mean? Yes, they added the stakes to kind of make it a little different. Like, well, it's not just the same old one-on-one. Like, if Jericho loses, he's done. But I thought they could have done a fifth labor not involving MJF. That would have made this. You could have still added those stakes where, you know, MJF goes, no, I want to retire you. So, let's, like, you know, you could have still done that. But it would have been the first time they were fighting. And I think sure. that might have maybe elevated the atmosphere a tad. Um, but all in all, again, I thought this was another 
solid match in in the card. It ended up being kind of better than I thought. This was one of the ones that I was like, I really don't care about this match that much. <laughs> right. And it ended up being a good one, a real and good a, one. And a lot of people were thinking the same way that you uh, that you are uh, thinking that you know ah, I don't really care about this matchup. We just saw it. Yeah. Uh, I don't care, right? But uh, you talked about Jericho and and you know a little bit of an advanced age on him. I mean, this matchup went 19 minutes and 30 seconds long. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Mighty Joe, talk to me, my friend. Tell me what you thought about this here. For, for me, I, I want to focus on an MJF here with with, uh, with this matchup here. Uh, like JPG said, that entrance, trolling everybody, absolutely fantastic. Like for, for me recently, it's been a dead heat of Jay White and MJF for being like the best heels in the business. Yep. This yep. has nudged MJF above him on this. Yep. Um, it, it's young young wrestlers need to take this as, as a lesson here. MJF, I, I get that maybe this is an approach that could work for everybody, but like JPJ said, that this dude stays in character all the time, mm-hmm. right? He refuses to compromise his character by you know getting caught uh, doing uh, silly stuff or or hanging out with the the good guys and that kind of stuff. This is something that more people need to to follow, uh, so that we can have this. You, you see the benefits of it. The dude is. Yeah. He's he's still really really young and he does it so so good. This is how you play a heel wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. This is how it's done. It's a, it's very much a throwback to how uh, wrestlers were in the old days, where they literally had people chasing them, throwing rocks through their back window as they're pulling out of the parking lot of the venue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that was acceptable these days, it may be happening. But uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, man, just uh, I, I agree that. I think that this sh- the, the final labor should have been somebody else leading to this being the blow-off match. Um, but I was by no means disappointed. Like, uh, whatever the outcome was going to be here, it was going to be something special. Um, if it was going to be Jericho's last match, you know, that would be an opportunity to to build more on that somehow. What it could have been, I don't really know. I had some theories that obviously didn't come to pass because – yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't play out that way, but uh, needless to say, a right. great match. And dude, I just I love MJF. He, he uh, he's so good, what, so so. I, good. Can I tell an MJF story real Absolutely. quick? I won't be long. I yeah, promise. definitely. All right, I was at All In. I went to All In with a couple friends. Uh, one of them, Doug, actually just won Quizplex this last Thursday on Love Wrestling. Um, but we were there, and there was an after party after All In. So we were there, and we were in the VIP section where like the wrestlers were there, and we were there, and MJF was there. And he walked across the room to go to the bar to grab a drink. And when he was walking back, he was walking directly in our direction. Like we made eye contact and it was like, this guy's coming right at us. And he specifically made eye contact with my friend, Doug and my friend, Doug, they made eye contact. MJF from about 20 paces away is like smiling at Doug. He's like, Hey, he has his hand up. Like, Hey, how's it going? He puts his hand up for a high five. Doug puts his hand up for a high five, and MJF knocked his hat off his head to the ground. Just kept walking. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> and, I was just, and me and my other friend were just laughing at Doug, and we were like, <laughs> and I was just that little thing. I was like, what an asshole! But like, on, like right. amazing. Like you know what I mean? And I think that is the epitome of MJF. That he's just always like, no. Like I see him on social media. Someone will will draw this fantastic drawing of him and put it on there, and he'll retweet it and be like, "Things the shits," right? <laughs> or I'll just say yeah. something like, "Like you know, it's awesome. terrible. <laughs> Don't quit your day job, or, like, or whatever." And it's like, "Oh my god!" Like uh, yeah. it's just, it's just perfect. Oh, it's so just good. perfect. 
Ben, I definitely do have to agree. The beauty of this match, in his opinion, was Jericho playing his greatest hits, making you believe it was his last match, when in fact it definitely was not, as we had MJF actually pinning Chris Jericho and the referee actually counting the three count. Thankfully, there was a little bit of a scuffle that was going on uh, in uh, at ringside. So we had another referee out there. That referee saw that Jericho's leg was on the ropes. Restart the matchup. Went for about another two and a half, three minutes after that with Jericho getting that win over MJF by submission. Absolutely fantastic. I loved seeing this matchup. Next matchup on this card was one that was touted as being the reason why everything in the world of professional wrestling was even happening right now. A singles matchup that went for 16 minutes and 40 seconds with CM Punk against Darby Allen, who did not have Sting at ringside. Darby Allen comes down to the ring. Sting comes down as well. Just kind of did as he said he was going to do. Fist bumped him and went to the back. We got just a fantastic one-on-one matchup between two great professional wrestlers. You talk about MJF being young. Darby Allen is a youngin as well, but knows his craft and has done so, so well. Mighty Joe, this is one of the reasons why you even purchased this pay-per-view. Tell me, did this actually live up to what you were expecting? Before you do, Chris, thank you for stopping by, my friend. Awesome to see you here. Best in the world, yes. Mighty Joe, take it away. So two answers here. Short answer, yes. Absolutely, yes. Long answer. All right. I will first start off by saying that that move that Darby Allen does through the corner takes my breath oh away my every God. time. Every time I see it, I'm like, dude, just don't die. Outside of that, I mean, so to put it into perspective for people who are uh, not aware of what's going on, first of all, what is wrong with you? No, um, <laughs> CM Punk has been away from professional wrestling for seven years. Well, if you want to really get technical, he's been away from professional wrestling for actually longer than that if we're leaving out the whole WWE side of things. He exceeded my expectations. Right? I was expecting there to be a lot of ring rust. There was some, right? Mm-hmm. But they, they managed to work around it in a really clever way. It's hard to even to, to even uh, to describe because it's it's almost like a little bit of like the UFC stuff is like rubbed off on his style a little bit, but yet it's still CM Punk in there, right? The, the, the look is different. I mean, he's got some gray stubble there now. You know, he's got, you know, the, the long um, kind of tights, which is uh, different visually, but mm-hmm. it, it was, it, it's still CM Punk in there. And then you, and it just, it, it's a, it was a really interesting contrast in styles because it's, it's like they each had to like adapt to like their, their style. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, 
Darby Allen, he wasn't going to be able to do as much of the, the 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 really wild, crazy stuff because CM Punk was keeping him in check, and then like vice versa, right? So like it, it was it was a great matchup that exceeded my expectations, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I kind of a loss for words because I was right? I, I was. It didn't necessarily play it like I was expecting to. Like I was expecting it to be like wild, kind of and crazy. Yeah. But it's like they they decided to like tone it down, and I, I'm actually glad that they did. I agree. Right. I it, agree. It, it's. Yeah. I mean, we could spend the whole time just talking about this particular match, but like, <laughs> uh, but but again, like it, it, it's like some of the stuff that that kind of happened. Like it, it just it really showed both guys like what they're what they're capable of you know punk still be able to take some some pretty serious uh, bumps and of course you know Darby Allen you know, the, the the stunt man of, of of AEW but but man just just uh, genuinely excited and uh, very much like JR said in the pre-show um, CM Punk's return to professional wrestling <laughs> this is the reoccurring theme here the return to professional wrestling has reignited my love of professional wrestling again mm-hmm. and um and I know some people say, oh, you're, this happening is kind of like blinding your eyes and then maybe it wasn't all that great. That is a crock of shit. I will say that right <laughs> now. All right. That, that's my one S shot for the episode. Uh, this was a fantastic match and uh, I loved everything about it. It did not disappoint. Um, yeah. I never, I, you know, I, I never thought I'd see the day that CM Punk was back. He literally and I, said you know, in 2014 that he was not coming back. Yeah. Yeah, and it was you know you, you know regardless of the you know the chance that got stupid after a while and things like that, but like it was something we all wanted. We all wanted this guy to eventually come back, and as yeah. time went on, it just seemed like it was never going to happen, and it happened. And it was one of those things where he was coming. You know, the debut a couple of weeks ago was incredible. Uh, like a moment that as it was happening, I was with. Th- Two other grown men were in Las Vegas and were in our hotel room on a Friday night watching CM Punk return because that's what we needed to be doing. You know, not in Vegas, gambling, doing whatever you do in Vegas. You know, we're like, no, we got to sit on the hotel couch and uh, watch CM Punk come back because he's coming back. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when he came out and he did the It's Clobber, and t- it was like, holy crap, man, like this is really, really happening. And I agree with everything what Joe said. I thought, and it, this yes. is true too. We all did need. We needed it. Okay. I felt like, with you know the other the other company and just you know the last year and a half, almost two years, we needed a boost. Yes. We needed a boost, and CM Punk was the boost. And him coming back, it rejuvenated the wrestling industry, not just us all individually, because I know it did. It rejuvenated. There were more eyes on that pay-per-view last night because of CM Punk than ever before on AEW. And Tony Khan knew that. And he knew that he had to knock this out of the park because he wants those people that just tuned in like Joe that maybe not watch every week, but they're like, oh, CM Punk's back. I'm ordering this pay-per-view. Tony Khan's mission was I want them to watch Dynamite next Wednesday. That is my mission. I need to win them over. So they watch Dynamite next Wednesday because that's how I grow. And the, and, and the even you crazier know? part, guys, the even crazier part is we're not even done yet. Yeah, we're, no, we're not. We're not. No. But for <laughs> this not. specific – no, we're not. We're not. And we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, we're not even done, but I thought this match was perfect. I think it showed Darby Allen in a different light yep. where he was – he wasn't allowed to be the daredevil and the crazy guy. Like, yeah, he had some of those spots, but he wasn't – he had to be a wrestler 
He had to wrestle CM Punk. And like like Joe said, CM Punk was holding him in check. Like, no, I'm not letting you do the stuff that's going to give you an advantage over me. You have to out-wrestle me. And it showed that Darby Allen is a pretty damn good regular wrestler in there, too. He doesn't need to always, you know. And I thought Punk was perfect. I loved, at the beginning, the kind of nod to the Bret Hart one, two, three kid moment mm-hmm. where Darby gave him the quick little uh, Irish whip. And then uh, Punk kind of did the... Okay, I'm I'm kind of in for it here. Like this ain't going to be no pushover. I loved it. I loved it, and I'm just excited he's back, and I'm ready to see where he's going. I want you know, it's an exciting time for him to be back. It definitely is the real tight spot over on Twitch. Thank you so much for coming by. We appreciate absolutely everybody, and we appreciate you, Matt. We are going to get to that comment. We definitely will, but we got uh, two more matches to talk about before we talk about your comment. I am keeping that right there. It will be shown on screen again. We're going to get to that. Don't you worry. I just want you to hold on. Definitely. This one here I will put up, though. Okay, so uh, Chris saying, I will be tuning in to Dynamite for the first time to see AEW. That is... that that. That brings a tear to my eye because mm-hmm. this is this is amazing. We're having someone else that is deciding to to leave the other professional wrestling that they have been watching and come and check out what is available with All Elite Wrestling. And I guarantee you, Chris, you know me. I know you. You are going to absolutely love and enjoy the entire thing. Yep. This here, Matt. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there was a nod to CM yeah. or to Cena and Punk match with that GTS falling out of the ring. Yep. Definitely, definitely there was. And Darby Allen doing that often, like that, <sighs> he like just throws everything out the window, doesn't yeah. care, and just throws himself outside of that ring. And I get scared every time he does that. You talk about that in in into into the corner oh. when he does those as well. I'm like, yeah, no neck. Head, yeah, the suicide. Yeah, his suicide dive is as violent a suicide dive that I've ever seen. Yeah, not even the suicide dive. I'm just talking when when he takes a bump or he takes a move and he and he just rolls and falls out of the (laughs) ring. Yeah, like one wrong one wrong landing and it you know could be bad. Yep, something that was not a wrong landing in my opinion was a big old choke slam that we saw happen in this next matchup. CM Punk ultimately defeating Darby Allen in that matchup, 16 minutes and 40 seconds. The next matchup, we had Paul White, formerly the big show, taking on QT Marshall. Mm-hmm. I will say it properly, just, just for his sake, because <laughs> yeah. I love you, QT. Yeah. It's all good. QT Marshall versus Paul White in just a singles matchup. And this matchup went a whole three minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. Which I didn't expect. I expected it to be a 30 second squash, but it actually went three minutes and 10 seconds, which I was very much so happy with because it actually let us enjoy and see a little bit of Paul White's inside of that ring again. I've always been a fan of the big show. Uh, There is no more BS, uh, but I've always been a fan of Paul's uh, inside of that ring, outside of the ring, absolutely everywhere. The guy genuinely is an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. And to see him back in that ring, even for three minutes, I was happy with it. JPJ, what'd you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I had the same thing as you. I was like, oh, this is he's gonna the bell's gonna ring. He's gonna hit a a punch, a choke slam, and we're gonna get out of here. Um, even though the match went longer than I thought, like I thought it was the crowd needed time to digest. Yeah, you know what I mean. Especially with what we're gonna talk about in a little, the crowd mm-hmm. needed time to just kind of sit there and be like, all right, like yeah, we're, like this is cool, but like we're not flipping out right now. We're taking a breath. We're relaxing a little bit. Um, And I thought the three minutes in there was, you know, he big shit. I'm sorry. Paul White did everything that you you knew he was going to do. He hit all the moves. Um, He got the pop. It's good to see him. It's his first match. You know, he's going to wrestle here or there. He said that right when he first got to AEW. Um, Yeah. I mean, I thought it was perfect for what it was. It was a quick little calm down. Everyone relaxed before the crescendo of the evening. And, uh, Here's Paul. Here's Paul White, a guy you know, one of the all timers. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna get his poppy. You're gonna see your choke slam, and that's gonna be it. QT is gonna take a an L, and it's not gonna matter. And all right, cool. This is what it is. Cool. I thought it was fun. Mighty Joe. Before I get to you here, I do have to ask you, okay? Yep. Because we have talked about this on our on this show before. We have talked about during pay per views. Um, that there is always this one matchup that that we've kind of coined and phrased a lot of people have. Uh, on this show itself, was there a piss break match for you at all? Technically, no. Right? I, I, I think if you could, if you really had to pick one, I guess you could say this one if need be. Like if your bladder was about to explode and you want to <laughs> avoid kidney damage, then maybe you use this opportunity to go to the bathroom. You know, you weren't missing anything earth shattering. Right. So, but uh, again, I kind of second uh, everybody else's opinions on this. I think I think it it, uh, it served its spot. You know, normally I would be probably bitching about the placement of this match on the card. You know, because I do come from the Jake the Snake Roberts school of booking, where you start small and you work big. But sometimes, you know, given everything that's kind of going on with this show, that little buffer between that and what's coming up next was. It was justified, right? So it, it, it gave everybody a chance to kind of go, whew, right? Because uh, there's more to come. <laughs> I mean, you got to figure up until this point, it's now been probably and, three hours to three hours and 10 minutes of yep. a pay-per-view that we've sat through, which is longer than even any of no. the conglomerate pay-per-views that they have been putting yeah. out. So yeah, of course you're going to kind of be like, yeah, yeah, we need a little yeah. bit of a, give me a minute, give me a minute, yeah. right? And plus, we got yeah. to see uh, Mr. Paul White run the ropes kind of briefly, and that is uh, an impressive thing that you can do without snapping those puppies because because uh, he gets into those ropes like he's not uh, you know running the rope like uh, like like some of the girls that uh, just kind of like just kind of just hop into there like he like you know and uh, yeah that uh, whoever um, props to the ring crew now uh, you guys did oh, a yeah. good job. <laughs> we come up to this. Final matchup on this amazing pay-per-view that was produced and given to us by All Elite Wrestling. Who? Who? Yeah. (laughs) On screen, okay, on screen, us sitting at home watching this, it didn't come through like... You're talking here, Matt. And I'm going to put this up before we, we even get into this. 
some of his friends went to All Out and said the crowd wasn't as into this next matchup, which was Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. Maybe it's because it wasn't the title match that people wanted, which possibly was Page versus Omega. Yeah, I mean, coming through across to us, I don't know if there was any way that uh, production maybe had falsified things for us at all but it didn't come across that way while i sat and watched it at home so much happened so much (laughs) going on inside of this matchup and after the matchup as well that we will definitely be getting to and yes matt it's still right there i've still got that comment we will be putting that up shortly (sighs) i don't even know what to say about this match All I can say is that um, I have heard from some of my friends who have messaged me and said that for them, this has been a contender for one of their favorite matches of 2021. If that says anything to you, great. If it says good, if it says bad, doesn't matter. Take it for how you will. People loved this matchup. People hated this matchup, but it has gotten people talking about this matchup so that's exactly what we're gonna do Mm -hmm. we are definitely going to do that i will okay i will briefly put this up there i also think that aew did this match three weeks ago and it also may not have played uh, that may have played a part in it as well and this year as well their their rampage match some people yes 100 did see that as being a better matchup I would have to agree. I do think that it was a, the mm-hmm. better matchup that happened on Rampage. But really, the story that they told inside of this matchup wasn't the story that we were waiting for or that we even got come the end. I'm going to start with you, Joe. You let me know your thoughts, your takeaways from this matchup itself. My my biggest takeaway is with Mr. Kenny Omega. That's going to be my focus here. Um, for a good portion of time, uh, I, I've, I've I've been a pretty harsh critic of him. You know, especially when that video came out of him saying that professional wrestling training didn't matter. Uh, that really really rubbed me the wrong way. You know, especially for somebody of his stature to come and say that, I wasn't cool with that. But with this this match here and everything that would come to follow, it really did feel like. We, we got the, the, the cleaner version of like Kenny Omega from New Japan back, right? The best belt machine, whatever you want to call him. I mean, you, you can make a very strong argument that Kenny Omega is one of the best singles wrestlers on the planet. Yeah. Right? So he always puts on a great match with whoever he works with. And, and Christian, no sludge for, for a guy who's, again, kind of a reoccurring theme actually for the evening we haven't necessarily touched on. A lot of people coming out of retirement to work with AEW because it's professional wrestling. They are back into professional wrestling. And Christian is no exception here. Uh, he is, the fact that he was able to hang with Kenny as well as he did, impressive. Right. I know mm-hmm. I'm focusing mainly on Kenny, but Christian also did a fantastic job in there. And I thought they put on a really great match and they told a great story. And we'll get to it, but the story did end with the actual match, but we'll get there. Definitely. JPJ, go ahead. Give me your thoughts on this matchup. Uh, yeah, I thought again, um, 
these are two all-time guys. You know, they're both Hall of Fame, however you want to put it. You know, these are two. Omega, for a while now, has been considered by many to be the best wrestler on the planet. Yes. Um, and I think he's proven that with this title reign and how he's been doing. And Christian, ever since he's been back in AEW, the quality of his matches in in-ring is insane insane i think that was the reason why obviously i think part of it was wwe didn't want him to come back as a full-time wrestler but all uh, i think another old whole side to that was christian was like no i want to show people how good like i want people to remember how damn good i am you know what i mean and he's done that because every match that he has had has been really really good i do agree i think the one on rampage was a tad better um, but it also had a lot more outside interference. There were other things that led to that moment, and Christian winning the Impact title obviously was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I thought that just because of that, like this match was still like back and forth. I thought like, and I know Matt says it in the chat, but like the one winged angel from yeah. the top rope was Oof. incredible. Um, I loved how. The commentators, like, we all witnessed Christian get the best of Kenny Omega three weeks ago. So that was in the back of our minds the whole time. Like, well, he's already beaten Omega, so why can't he do it again? You know, and they when the close the close two count on the kill switch, when Christian actually hit it, was like, oh, yeah. is he going to actually beat him again? Like, And it was right at the last second that Omega kind of flopped there. It was like, it was just a well-told match, a well-put-together match. And I think the guy who we all thought was going to win, ended up winning. And then there was just a whole second act that we're going to get to <laughs> that was just like, okay. And to Matt's point about the page and Omega thing, yep, that's where we're going. We're def- we're getting there. The guy that's going to take the belt off Omega is Adam Hangman Page. We all kind of know this. Yeah. That match would have been overshadowed tremendously by Punk and everything else that happened tonight. So, you know, when, when that whole thing happened and, it, and when, when we found out it was Christian, everyone was like, why the hell aren't they doing Hangman Page? Well, now we know why. Now we know why they weren't doing Hangman Page because it would have got lost in the shuffle. And that's a moment when he finally gets the best of Omega. That is going to be a pivotal moment in AEW history. Yeah. It can't be on a show as loaded as what we saw. You know what I mean? So. Definitely not. Uh, to, to your point about Christian and the amazing work that he has been doing, I had a friend of mine look at me and say, this is the point where I say that Christian is better than Edge. And I'm like, what? You can make wow. the argument at least in ring. You can make yeah. the argument at least in ring. I would say yep. so. I would now, say Mighty so. Joe, I want, I want you to, to, to answer this here quick. Yes. Uh, Matt so, seems to be ready for Christian to go to a heel because he's not really a fan of the baby face Christian. W- what do you say to that? Let, let, let's not do the WWE approach so too often. You know, does, a, does a baby face get some steam in, in WWE and they go, turn him heel, right? Let it organically happen for a reason, mm-hmm. okay. right? Good. If the the, the babyface Christian thing really isn't working, I trust WWE or uh, AEW to make it to make a shift if need be. But let's just not go down that path of like, well, things aren't necessarily working as a babyface. Well, we got to turn them. That doesn't always need to happen. It, it's it's overdone. Just let it let things unfold. 
And JPJ, I'm going to let you take this one here. Matt says that he wasn't a fan of the ref not DQing the second table spot that the ref actually did see. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, when it comes to AEW, the ref, the referees are maybe the only thing that I think the main criticism kind of yeah. like they don't follow tag rules uh, almost a hundred percent of the time there's outside interference a lot and they seem to just let the matches go. So while I, why I do, I do agree with Matt. It is sloppy looking from time to time. Yep. I'm kind of of the mentality that I'm used to it when it comes to AEW, it's just not something they harp on. So it's just like, it is what it is. I do hope as they continue to grow and build, I, they do clean up that part of things. Yeah, sure. Um, but I don't think it took, a, it didn't take anything away from the match for me. I was just like, all right, yeah, all right. Like I did say it to my friend. I was like, Oh, is that a DQ? And he was like, no. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then we just kind of just kept on going, you know, but uh, Matt saying that he disagrees about the Christian being better than edge comment. And that is okay. Everyone has their right to, feel how they want to feel, especially on this platform here on Turnbuckle Talk. We, we, we're not going to argue the point. If you don't feel that Christian's better than Edge, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. No problem. Something that we can all agree on, though, is the story that has been told after this matchup. My goodness. So, okay. So we, we, we've talked about all of these amazing people and this, these amazing talents that have shown their face on this pay-per-view that were surprises. Okay, so now we've got two more surprises that have happened. Yes, two more surprises at the end <laughs> of this show. Yeah. One, we have Kenny Omega who beat Christian Cage for the AEW championship to retain the AEW championship is inside of that ring celebrating, beating down, kicking ass, taking names, chewing bubblegum. Everything is great. And then and then we see somebody who is is now all elite baby. <laughs> what great scene in right the, the blue hell? Did I witness there? Uh, what was it? Three weeks ago that I just saw him on on television with the mm -hmm. conglomerate, so. the WWE, and now I'm seeing Adam Cole Baby. back from the dead. Yep, inside of an AEW arena. JPJ, give me your thoughts on that one first. Oh man. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I loved the, the first of all, I liked what Omega said when he was like, I've told you guys, nobody can beat me. The only people that could are either long retired or a dead. And then once he says dead, the lights go out. And because of the BTE reference with Cole being dead yeah. made sense. Yeah. Uh, I love the theme immediately. I was like, great, great theme song. Yep. I loved how he walked out there. And I think in the presser afterwards, Adam Cole said that he was so nervous that when he was at the top of the ramp, his legs were literally trembling, <laughs> not yeah, nervous, yeah. but like he was yeah. just so in the moment. Yeah. Um, and I love it because he walks out there and you can see him. He kind of looks around at the crowd and sees them flipping out, you know, yeah. and he's like, cool. And then he just kind of cracks that Adam Cole smirk where he just like, I'm the shit. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and he does this thing and he's like, mm. and who doesn't love Adam Cole? And he has a right. history with these guys. 
from Ring of Honor, and he has a history with all of them. And everyone, again, he shows up. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to challenge Omega for the title. Oh, here it goes. He's the next guy. He walks down there. They have He does the Adam Cole Bay Bay. They have the face-off, and then boom, super kicks Jungle Boy. And give me that Adam Cole-Jungle Boy feud. Yes. Give me that as Adam Cole's first feud. Yep. Please. There you go. Yeah. Um, there you go, Chris. Yeah. I think that's the answer, Parrish, is I think you could start that light, nice little first little intro feud, Jungle Boy and Adam Cole, Perfect. all day. Perfect. All day. Perfect. Yeah. Jungle Boy's over. Cole's, yes. Um, and then he joins, and I love the screenshot where he goes up, and the Young Bucks kiss him on both sides of the cheek, and he's got that big smile. And he's like, these are my best friends. What would you think I was going to – like Omega's like, what would you think was going to happen? <laughs> and I, I, I yeah. loved it. I thought it was perfect, and I thought that was all we were getting. I thought that's Mighty, all we were getting. And then – Mighty know. Joe, do you want to cover anything on Adam Cole, or do you want to talk about what happened afterwards? Um, what do you want to do? You know, JPJ covered Cole good enough. Um, the next one, so just you know, when we thought that the, the evening was was wrapping up, um, the music drops. It's very very similar. We hear that beginning of that play of the Valkyries, and Brian freaking Danielson <laughs> shows up. Oh, My man. God, man! Just, <laughs> th- 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 this company, this show, like they delivered, like uh, like almost everything that we kind of speculated to a certain extent came to pass, and then some. On top of it, like earlier night with Suzuki, when I like, like none of us uh, saw that happening, but man, to, to ha- Cole and Daniel debut in the same segment, like. My head Incredible. almost exploded. My head Incredible. almost exploded. It, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I I expect um, Daniel to probably. It seemed. I think it was. It was it matter. Nick Jackson. I, I always get the two mixed up. That uh, he ended up uh, hitting with the knee there. So I I expect that his first program going forward will probably be with one of the uh, the Jackson brothers, and uh, mm-hmm. I would be all for that. And on top of it too, like I had mentioned, right. Now we're really delving into the coolness factor with this, right? We see that Minoru Suzuki is going to be over here for a little while. And I've called for this one before. One of my dream matchups on my short bucket list is Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. It's going to take a while for us to reverse right? that again. I would say like Brian, I would say like Daniel Bryanson for some reason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, but Daniel versus Minoru Suzuki, uh, like just take my money now. Like the, that is like a dream scenario matchup for me that would be like highly entertaining and do it like at a Madison Square Garden or something uh, that would be landmark that would be amazing yeah it definitely uh, will be there you go Matt if you people did not go back and pause to see what that comment was <laughs> here it is for you now just let this sink in 2021 we have a wrestling company that has kenny omega cm punk brian danielson and adam cole wtf is happening 2021 is absolutely crazy in the world of professional wrestling it is a great time to be professional wrestling fans it is a great time to be watching not just aew but all of the companies as a whole just putting everything underneath professional wrestling I will say it. I don't care about entertainment. (laughs) I am happy with professional wrestling. 
What we're going to do from here, my friends, is that we are going to. Oh, wait a second. Okay. That'd be a nice match for Arthur Ashe at the end of the month, wouldn't it? For mm-hmm. like a nice little stadium show there, maybe. Mm-hmm. That would be. That would be. Right. I'd be all right with that. And then here, Minoru Suzuki yes. was legitimately surprised that no one predicted showing up last night. You're right. You're right. And yeah, you know what, Chris? Yes, you are correct. Pro wrestling is entertainment. When I talk professional wrestling (laughs) and when I talk entertainment, I'm dividing the conglomerate from the other companies. It's all entertainment. It definitely is. But that's all that I'm doing when I talk uh, in in those riddles. Um, But yes, professional wrestling is entertainment. And it's, for me, the greatest form of entertainment that I have had in my life since the age of three. That is why I love wrestling we're gonna go on and we're gonna do something a little bit different this time we are going to totally forego our breaking news segment and we are super quickly going to get to something else um let me find it here this is what we're gonna do right now we are gonna quickly go through our match of the week and I think everybody's is probably going to be coming from this pay-per-view, but I'm going to start <laughs> yep. with you, Mighty Joe. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mighty Joe. So, which one Which one was it? My favorite match for the show, and dude, there's a lot to pick from because I loved this entire show, but for me, the, as I mentioned, not a tag team wrestling guy. Not yeah. a tag team wrestling guy. But this show gave me the best tag team wrestling match that I have ever witnessed the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers is my match of this show and match of this week. They entertained the hell out of me, and I'll stop. <laughs> I yeah. think there might be a chance maybe all three of us have the same match as the match of the week. Um, I can pick another if we don't want to do that, but I think without oh, no, question. You pick, pick it. Yeah, I think without question, as good as a lot of the matches were, that Oof. Young Bucks-Lucha Brothers Damn. match was. So good. Yeah, far and away, I think the best match of the night. Uh, I, I agree with Joe. One of the best, if not the best tag team match I've ever seen, and one of the best, if not the best cage matches I've ever seen. It had everything you ever wanted. Uh, the, the title change added to it. Um, yeah, and that's my pick, too. That's my pick, too. It definitely is mine as well, and that is just a testament to those four competitors and what they did inside of that ring and inside of that steel cage. Absolutely banger. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Before we get to our last segment of this show, we're just going to run through some of these comments super quickly here because they keep flooding in. Coming in, yeah. We're talking, I need Tony Khan to run Adam Cole versus Malachi Black like now. Uh, just give me a yes or a no. Mighty Joe, yes or no? Yes, not right away, though. Okay, JPJ, yes or no? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> yes. we got Matt here talking his favorite match from the show, cage match, and Punk versus Darby. Yes, I would definitely have to agree with that. And then here we go, which, by the way, yes, 
CM Punk can still, in fact, go. You are definitely correct. He definitely can still go. Those of you that are tuning in for the very first time watching Turnbuckle Talk, we have this really cool segment that we do at the end of every show that we are happy to bring to all of you and to share with you. And we call it our... Showstopper segment. So that is what we're going to get to right now. And our showstopper segment this week is just very simple, very easy. Is professional wrestling back? That's it. That's the question. Is professional wrestling back? Mighty Joe, take this for me first off. Let me know what you think. I already know what you think because we've discussed it, but I want you to tell the entire community that is listening and watching right now what you think. Is it back? Uh, just briefly, uh, handsome men talking about wrestling, color me subscribed. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, short answer, again, yes. Professional wrestling is back. Long answer, as I had mentioned, very similar to Mr. Jim Ross's experience with Punk doing the interview has rejuvenated his love affair with professional wrestling, and I'm 100% in agreement. And it's not just the CM Punk thing, because I know a lot of people are really, really focusing on it. It's the whole package of the fact that they've kept the momentum going. They've enticed more talent to come over to the company. For me, the big yeah. one, even more so than when Punk, I think, is is Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whoever you want to call him. For them to be able to get somebody of Daniel's stature in professional wrestling, I mean, this guy is also responsible for, for training some of some of the, the upper echelon of talent. For them to get Daniel into this company is a big deal that I think a lot of people are kind of overlooking here. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. This is like... Hogan, you know, coming over to WCW, right? This is like, I think, on that same level. And I am so excited to see what, uh, and the universal thing that seems to be across the board here is that all of these talents are so happy to be over in AEW because it's back to just no bullshit professional wrestling without mm -hmm. all the, the fuss kind of going on. They have clearly put that stake in, in, in the sand and said, like like Carl's making that distinction between professional wrestling and what's going on over there. With all of this, WWE, or sorry, AEW has done exactly that. They have clearly separated themselves. We're over here and these guys are over here doing whatever they're doing. We're the ones yeah. that everybody's talking about. We're the ones that are getting all the top talent. I could go on, right? It's, it's so cool, and I'm so happy that professional wrestling is back and because it was getting kind of dull talking about just WWE all the time, and it was right. being kind of crappy. It's nice to actually be able to talk about some professional wrestling that is good, that has me emotionally invested, that has the fans watching, has the fans commenting, the, fa the fans joining in shows like what we're doing right now. It's it's win, 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 win all the way across the board. There we go. We're going to get to these super quick here. Matt actually saying and answering the question, the showstopper segment question, simply yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Debony, thank you so much for commenting and coming in and checking yeah. us out over on YouTube. Hell yes. Hell yeah. Ecto guy 87 easy answer. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> 
Wow. We are going to get to these other comments in just a little bit because I want to hear from JPJ. Tell me, is professional wrestling back? Uh, yes. Oh, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will say. Um, I, I've been on the AEW bandwagon from day one. Um, I had been – and look it. I'm always going to watch WWE. I'm never going to not watch WWE. But WWE is formulaic. It, they have their formula. They stick to it. And like Joe said, it gets dull. Like you you know what you're expecting. You know what you're going to get. And like some of it's good. Yeah, of course. There's things that we watch all the time on WWE that we say, oh, that was good. I like that. I like that. Cool. Yeah. But AEW is just a different feeling to me. I, I feel like – I feel like as a fan of wrestling, um, WWE, when you're a fan of theirs for so long, you kind of have it implanted in the back of your mind that you are ready to be disappointed or you're ready for something that you want to happen not to happen or something that you like to all of a sudden not be like, oh, the Hurt Business is great. I love the Hurt Business. Okay, let's break up the Hurt Business for no reason whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like things of that nature, like things like that. When it comes to AEW, and granted, they're only three years in. They're still in the infancy stage of a company. They don't disappoint their fans. Their fans know why they're watching, and Tony Khan knows why the fans are watching. And he goes, okay, I'm here because Tony he's one of us. He's a fan. Yes, He grew up a diehard wrestling fan, and I think that is why they are as successful as they are because he is booking it not – yes, from a business perspective. Obviously, he's in a billion-dollar family. He wants to make money, but he is booking it as a wrestling fan. What can I give to these fans that I would have wanted to see? And I think – with that thought process and with the money that he has and his family has, they can go get Brian Danielson. They can get CM Punk. They can get Adam Cole. And then they can build a raw of the names that we might not know and build them up around these guys. And they're just I, – I, I think they far and away have been the best product to watch for a while now. Yeah. Uh, and I think the show last night 100% showed everybody – the laps. Joe hadn't bought a pay per view in twenty years. Are you going to try to watch Dynamite on Wednesday? Yes. Okay. You know what I mean. So it, that that is what it is to me. Yep. That is what right. it is to me. And I said it a little earlier. They knew that they were going to have laps fans, old fans that you know. They knew who was coming in, and that they had more eyes on them last night than they were ever to have. And they knew that they had to change the game a little bit, and they 100% succeeded. 100%. I saw social media. I had friends that I know haven't watched wrestling in half a decade messaging me this morning, last night. Yo, I saw the clips, dude. That looked crazy. It and I said it was special. It was. I was watching. I have goosebumps talking about. I was watching it, and I was like, this is different. This is different. Are they ever going to overtake the giant? No, but this is different. That last night with what happened, there is a certain positivity and just optimism from wrestling fans that I have not seen. Usually you go on social media and the majority of wrestling fans are miserable. This stinks, blah, 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 blah. There was none of that last night and tonight. It was just happiness all the way around. And I think it's just – yeah, 
I think people are excited about wrestling for the first time, like really excited for the right. first time in a long time. And I think that to me tells me that, yeah, to, to be simple, yes, wrestling is back. And I think right now you can make an argument. It is the best time to be a wrestling fan. Maybe ever, maybe ever. You're definitely correct in saying that. I do have to say we're coming up to the end of the show here, but thank you to all of those. Welcome oh, Raiders. Yeah. Awesome. awesome for you. Nemesis paradox, thank you. Tom. Thank you. Evening to all, he says. Thank you, Tom. Evening to you as well. Larry Bongo 999 says, hello. Hello to you too. Thank you so much to everybody that has come and stopped by. And we will put these up here quickly for everyone. There we go. Hello. Yeah. Evening yes, all. Ed, thank you very much for welcoming everyone as well. And hello, absolutely fantastic. This comment here I'm going to get to from Chris, and then I'm going to go to Matt's just above that, as you guys can see. So Chris saying here that Danielson's promo about how many have left and how much he loved the WWE and still left signals how AEW or how much AEW is changing the 100%. game. Definitely. Now, this one here, we'll get to this uh, super quick and, and and just say if you agree or you disagree. CM Punk says that he thinks that him, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole joining AEW is bigger than Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall joining WCW. Yes, we're making comparisons from like 20, 30 years apart here, but just give me yes or no. Joe, do you agree or disagree? On par with each other. Okay. JPJ, agree or disagree? I will agree. Awesome. There we have it, everybody. So there is an agreement. There is an on par. And I'm I'm still waiting to see what all of them can do before I can really give an answer yes. on that. Um, the three of them, Hogan, Nash, and Hall, was very, very pivotal yeah. when it comes to professional wrestling. This definitely can be as well. Corey, thank you. Hello, and RJ. Right now, I, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you. Yeah. Not no no way. Maybe not no way, but not right now is is what I have to Don't say, say to that. No way. No. Yeah, that's right. I, I think you have to take like obviously these three guys on a mainstream level are not Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so I think from a mainstream part of it, it's different. But I think when you look at the wrestling landscape today as opposed to how it was in 95, 96, or 94 when that happened. Yeah. That's why I think they're at the very minimum on par, if not a little bigger, because I think yeah. wrestling needed this. I think wrestling yeah. needed this. I don't necessarily think wrestling needed Hulk Hogan to go to WCW. <laughs> he could have stayed in WWF, and everything would have been the same. Wrestling needed that event last night, and it needed it to do what it did. And I think that's why, for me, I would agree with CM Punk. It needed it, and it did it. Yeah. And it definitely did do it. Guys, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you, Mighty Joe, as always, for being that side person, that other guy, that one that I can talk professional wrestling with. It's been, what, 30 years that we've really so. known each other and been able to talk professional wrestling, and it has been absolutely amazing. JPJ, we are still young in our friendship, but it feels like we have been friends for the last yeah, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. it's absolutely fantastic, and I love any time that we can have someone come on and be a guest on this show. 
For those of you that don't know, Mighty Joe and I actually do another show on Love Wrestling. See the ticker down below. It's lovewrestling.ca. You definitely have to go there and check out lovewrestling.ca, especially for what we are coming <laughs> out with again oh, yeah. for you with our other program, which is called Turnbuckle Rewind. Mighty Joe, what have we got coming up for our lovely fans and followers for Turnbuckle Rewind? You guys are in for chief and I'm glad there's a bunch of people watching uh, right now because I think you guys are yeah. really going to enjoy this. This is going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully you'll be able to, to actually watch it along with us because it is available. You find you got to dig a little bit. Uh, we go back to the first Jericho Cruise, the Rock and Rager at Sea, the first one, and the opening matchup between Christopher Daniels and not Dalton Castle. Smooth sailing, Ashley Remington, a fun match that uh, if you don't enjoy that and laugh and smile, then you don't like professional wrestling. <laughs> oh, Chris, thank you so much. I do appreciate that. Uh, you've been a constant here for a while now, and it's absolutely fantastic. I appreciate you 100%. And we welcome everyone else that has been watching for the very first time to come back and see us again on Turnbuckle Talk so that you know, okay, normally it's just Mighty Joe and myself. But this was so big of a pay-per-view that we had to bring in our good friend JPJ to come on with us because, well, over on Love Wrestling, he even does a show that talks about AEW as well. And we know that he was itching and couldn't wait to talk about this, so we had <laughs> to make sure that we brought him in as well. JPJ, thank you so very much for joining us. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, I am on the Twitter, uh, as you can see, at, at Joseph underscore Poolin Jr. there. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Joseph Poolin Jr., if you want to hook up there, too. Uh, on Love Wrestling, like you do say, uh, on the weekends, uh, the, fran the franchise who just came back last week, Matt, him and I do a recap show of AEW. Um, we, we cover both Dynamite and Rampage, because I feel like Rampage is appointment viewing as well uh so we do that and then on thursday evenings i have my show with plugo that mighty joe produces uh called between two beards that is usually at 8 30 p.m eastern standard time on on love wrestling on all our platforms and then this week on wednesday night plugo and myself are doing a little special nfl preview for any wrestling fans that also like some football nice. uh we will be going on there and kind of shooting the you know what, and talking about NFL predictions and stuff like that. We figured, you know, it's a little fun sometimes to talk about things other than wrestling, even though we all love wrestling. So we decided to do a little double dip this week. But, yeah, that's where you can find me and you can follow me on all my socials and stuff like that. Yeah, I try to be around as much as I can because, you know, you guys have invited me on a handful of time. I'm thankful every time because, like you said, I've only known you guys for, you know, in the scheme of things, a handful of months. And I feel like when I talk to you – We've known each other forever. So, uh, yeah, I'm very glad you guys invited me on. I, as I said, anytime you guys want, I will most likely be here. So, and you know why that feeling is? Because we love wrestling. Correct. That is true. That it is definitely true. is. Again, thank you so much to everybody for watching and coming on here with us. I am going to put this graphic up on the screen super quickly here for you so that everybody knows that, yes, 
This is everything that we do and work with. Collar and Elbow Brand. We are a sponsored podcast for them. Use our promo code JKPODCAST. Get 10% off your entire order, whether that's new or clearance merchandise over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. We are also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you can go and get yourself some workout supplements and workout clothing for an amazing price and amazing products over there. Use our promo code TBTALKPOD and you're going to get yourself 15% off your entire purchase over there. We have friends absolutely everywhere, including over at IndiePW.com who love us as we love them and they continue to show our product over there as well in audio format and we thank them so much for that for continuing to support us and our dream and work with this StreamYard is an amazing platform that has allowed us to bring you video podcasting it has been a game changer for us in this world of podcasting and i'm absolutely thankful to StreamYard for that. You have heard a lot about Love Wrestling. Again, check them out, lovewrestling.ca. And we do not forget about our very close and personal friends over at the HTM Podcast Network. Those guys over there do some amazing podcasts, amazing shows as well. And they have included our show there in audio format as well. Super happy, super thankful to absolutely everybody that has continued to be there with us and showcase us and continue on with us. Uh, with that being said, I don't think that there is really anything else for us to cover on this show. With that, we say thank you very much for watching. Thank you for coming out, and we will see you next Monday. that all to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially lit up by the flagship show. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.